Hey, hey, everybody, and we are back to yet another episode of Boss Your Business. And when I look at my episodes number, we are coming close to 30. So this as of recording is, I need to say a lie, 25, 28. Oh, my God, we are this close. You barely made, you, you, you nearly made it to the 30th episode. Today... And I feel like I've been known you forever, even though we literally just met behind the scenes. I have Rachel on today and Rachel Lee. I have been, it's, it's literally, it's like, I feel like I've been seeing you around online forever. Um, you're a personal brand strategist based in Vancouver, Canada. This is one piece that I didn't know. I actually thought you were US based. Um, you help creative entrepreneurs establish their authority through building a personal brand that showcases their brilliance and generates demand for their unique services. We have so much to talk about branding because I suck at this stuff. Um, you worked also with creative, you were a creative freelancer yourself, um, which makes it really easy for you to understand the challenges of crazy people like me, creative entrepreneurs, right? We know all of that. And how it is for um, how that feeling is and how those struggles are from transitioning from being just another freelancer to being recognized as an expert in the area of their expertise through creative brand strategy, mindset training, and hands-on application. And what I have to say, I love that combination of things. I see so many people that focus just on the branding and Guilty of this myself too. My brand used to look like a yoga studio mandala. And th th the pain that designer went through with me, uh, switching it to what it is now and getting it polished up in the end, that, that was painful. So I love how you combine not only building a strong brand, but also helping with that mindset and all the stuff that's happening behind the scenes. Now that my monologue is done, how did you actually get here? Because you didn't start out offering all of this and combining all of this. So what's your story? How did you, how did you get here? That is a great question. And I'll avoid giving you the two-hour version of it because there's a lot that goes into the story. Yeah. I, I'll start by saying I have a background in design. Growing up, I was the art kid. I loved making things for people. And as far as I knew, I was going to be making things for people for my entire life. So it was very natural for mm -hmm. me to study design, work as a designer at a marketing company. And I had only planned my life up until that point. I thought I would be happy and fulfilled at my full-time job and I would stay there for the next 40 years and retire happy. What I didn't plan for was that I wouldn't be fulfilled at what I thought was going to be my dream yeah. job. It didn't check off all the boxes for me because what design means for me, it's not just about making pretty things. It's about creative problem solving and talking to people and working together with them to create impact and solve these problems. Unfortunately, the job that I had, it only had the pixel pushing aspect. It was me behind a computer for eight hours, no conversations. And the moment I finished something, I never saw where it went. I never had conversations with the people who used my designs. It was just design minus everything that I loved about it. And it was torturous. I was 24 at that time. And I thought, I am too young to stay at a job that I'm miserable at for the next 40 years. I need to figure something out <laughs> right now. And yeah, like as 
even though like I didn't really know what my options were, I knew that uh, with a skill that I had as a creative um, as a creative service provider, it's easy for me to get freelance jobs to the little of my understanding at that time. So I went out and I just took a bunch of um, opportunities to do networking. I met a lot of people. I worked on different projects just to see what I enjoyed because you don't know what you like until you try it. And again, I was 24 at that time. I had no idea what I wanted, who I was. I just knew that I wasn't happy. So I, mm-hmm. it's kind of like going to a buffet. You sample everything before you decide, I want to heat my plate with this one dish. So I did that for a little bit. And I had originally planned to uh, get my income with my freelancing work to the same level as my full-time job so that I could make a smooth transition. I feel like everyone has that goal. In reality, it didn't work like that. <laughs> I'm just I'm just sitting here smirking. I'm like, oh, yeah, I feel <laughs> all of that. Weird. I feel all of this. Yeah, like I what happened was at the start of 2019, I got impatient and I just told myself I can't stand to start another year doing the same thing. Uh, At that time, I was doing all my full time job and I was doing freelancing on the side. I barely had time to even eat or sleep in between all of this. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I I can't do this anymore, even if I don't feel ready. I think I need to just make that jump. So I did. I jumped prematurely. I also caveat this by saying I don't think there's ever a point where you feel ready. And I across all of the people I've spoken to over the four years now that I've been doing business, ready does not exist. And if you wait until you feel ready, <laughs> you'll never make the jump. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. Yeah, did, somebody, like, did somebody say mindset coaching too? Because I, I feel you on that one. It's I... I see so many people that have been running a side business for so long. And I like, I will do that when this happens or when that happens. And when that happens, yeah, human nature usually is that the pain, whatever the pain is, has to become so big that you are doing this jump. So either way, you are so miserable in what you are doing that you finally do the jump or it's, yeah, it's something something has to trigger that pain for us often to make this jump because, yeah, as you said, we, we're never going to be ready. And the moment you reach a certain income goal where you might feel where you might have thought you feel ready now, you, you do have the full time job and the side hustle with a good one. That's nice money. You don't want to lose the. Just do it. If you really want to do it, just do it. You will make it happen. We all have made it happen. You will make it happen too. So just, just do the jump. Yeah, absolutely. And, and don't expect perfection because I made so many mistakes in my first year of business. The the main thing I'm going to say is they don't teach art kids anything about business in art school. So you can teach anybody really how to run a business. I'm like, I finished school in Germany and I had no idea how to transfer money from one bank account to the other or (laughs) or do anything. And I went to business school. So So funny. Yeah, yeah. Nobody teaches you these things. And I think in the earlier years, it was just a lot of trial and error. And Mm -hmm. the most important thing is, is that you don't let that stop you. You have to really shift your perspective. I feel like the mindset's important where I am a recovering perfectionist and control freak. You can't be a good designer without being a perfectionist and a control freak. So it does well for my job. 
but when it comes to doing business, you yeah. have to be willing to make a mess because nothing works on your first try or maybe your second or third, fifth, even like if it's your 50th try, sometimes things don't work, but you shouldn't stop. Because every time it gets a little better, right? And we're always refining our processes. So the first year, it, it's laughable as I think back at it. Like I just did create a freelance full time. This was the year where I discovered and fell in love with branding. But in the process mm -hmm. of that, it was a long journey. I didn't know I needed contracts. I didn't know marketing or sales. I flubbered my way through every networking event I went to. Didn't have a website, honestly, for the first three years that I did business. Oh, and I somehow got by. <laughs> you don't need to. I'm like, don't get me wrong. I'm coming from the web design side of things, right? That I have done that in the past. Same as you freelancer. It's easy work to get till everybody knows how to build websites. And I'm like, yeah, but how well though? That's a whole nother story. But yeah, it's like, even me, I have friends and I have clients that started their business just on Facebook or just on Instagram. You don't have to. It's no, it's just especially in times like we are in nowadays. And I think that's where your branding also fits in. It's, it's the relationship, it's the stories, it's what you, what, how you impact people, how you connect with people, how you talk with people. They're not buying the product. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm like, anybody yeah. can buy ClickUp templates. Anybody can buy a logo. Anybody can just, Hire somebody else to build a website. It doesn't matter. It's we are we are not reinventing the wheel. However, mm. what we do do is deliver our own solution with our own view of things, with our own personality, and the change and the impact we are having on clients. Yeah. Exactly. And it goes down to the experience that you're creating. I didn't learn this until later as well, where when I started in the world of branding, it was just the visuals for me. I candy mm -hmm. stuff. That's where my professional training is. That's what I enjoy. But over the years of me working together with small businesses and helping them with their branding, I came to understand that branding is something that's a lot deeper than just what the what you see on social media or on the website. It's about the overall experience that you're creating. It's about the expectation that you're setting. And also the most important thing that most people forget is your ability to follow through on the expectation that you're setting. <laughs> There's so many businesses that I've seen online where they do a really good job at presenting themselves. But when you actually engage with them, whether you're purchasing their product or service, or you just talk to the business owner on the Zoom call, and then you have this whoa, 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 whoa moment. You're like, this mm -hmm. is not what I was expecting. So mm -hmm. as far as branding goes, you mm -hmm. have to deliver on the expectation you're setting. And it took many years for me to get to the point where I realize that there's so many layers that we can dig <laughs> oh my god topic. and I'm, I'm literally i'm just over here i'm like oh yeah i'm feeling that yeah. i went through us through that exact experience end of last year where mm. i had hired somebody the messaging was on point the visual branding yeah sure whatever was good could be better more aligned with the actual message and i think you know what before i dive into that Let's dive a little bit deeper for a second just in this branding thing, because I think mm -hmm. the audience might get a little bit confused what branding is. I think we really align with our understanding of branding, but I want to make sure the audience knows what we mean by branding, because branding 
doesn't just mean the fancy Ask EV logo. So do me a favor, dive for a second into what does branding actually mean? That is a great question. And I feel like everybody's version of it is different. So this is my perspective of what branding is from the experience that I've had, where branding, whether there's you're a personal brand, meaning you represent yourself, or it's a company, a business brand, a brand is basically an identity. It's very mm-hmm. similar to a person. That's why personal branding, what I do is very easy, where it's about understanding what is this identity, this person, I'll just call a brand a person for the a, easier way to describe it. Who is this person and how do they relate to the people that they're connecting with? And and the more fleshed out this identity is, the easier it is for this brand, this identity to connect with the people that it's meant to serve. It's almost like developing a relationship with your best friend. And you Mm -hmm. can't do that until you know what they're like, their personality, their quirks, how they show up, what they like, what they what they're good at, what they suck at, and and what that experience is. It's just about really getting clear on what that identity is, so that it creates a really smooth experience, you're setting the right expectations, people Mm -hmm. know exactly what it is that they're buying from you, they feel a sense of connection. Because like you said, we chatted about this earlier, but they're not just buying a product or service, they're buying into you. You often hear even in the world of marketing where people buy into brands and they buy into ideas and thoughts. They don't buy into like the the tangible thing that you're selling. So when we're talking about branding, we're talking about that overall identity, that experience and that expectation that you're creating with the people who are your customers. Which is why my brand used to be completely misaligned. Again, it's like I used my brand used to be a mandala with peach and teal colors. And then you suddenly run into Evie who curses and does all the things. (laughs) It doesn't align. That personality simply doesn't align. So and that's that's what branding to me is. It's Mm. it's the language. It's the visual of that personality, that identity that you are, which Interestingly, my brand evolved when my personality evolved. Yes. Um, and with that is where where it when it doesn't align is where you have really big issues where I can come to find out literally had to to fight a contract end of last year because I had signed up based on a brand, based on an identity for a 12-month program. And I'm mm. in there and I'm like, this this is not what your brand promises. You are literally acting 180 degree against what your brand is promising, literally in the wording, not just even a feeling and a perception of the brand. Wow. Literally by the tagline, you deliver the 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 exact opposite. Oh my God. That's and terrible. It happens. I think it's it's a personal growth that has to happen with that. Yeah. And it was really, really poorly handled. Mm. I have run into issues. I figured myself out. Don't get me wrong. I have screwed up more than once. The question yeah. is, how do you handle it? Oh, yeah, I, I am blocked now from their social media and all kinds of things where it's literally like I had to bring in legal. It's like, if you want to fight this, you, you're welcome to right. talk to my lawyer. Rather than let's figure this out. If you are not happy in a 12 month program, let's cut it out. It's let's, let's end it. It's fine. Shit happens. It didn't align. Okay, cool. No, it's literally to the point of, again, me really having to fight this. And I think that comes down to 
the mindset piece you are working on with your clients, because yeah. especially with personal brands, our personal brand is so closely connected to our own personal growth, where yeah. it's like, that's where my big breakthrough came with the person that I worked on with my brand when that big shift was happening from yoga studio look to actually, right? <laughs> Now I can yeah. laugh about it, but there was a huge mindset breakthrough because she saw the strength that mm. I didn't see in myself. That's beautiful. Yeah, like I'm laughing because the what you're describing with the yoga studio and everything and this conversation that we're having right now, it totally does not align with the yoga studio stuff. I feel like you have a lot of punch and there's a lot of fire and like I said, can like you with- can you imagine me in a in a muted peach or teal t-shirt oh, no. with a mandala up front? That it doesn't represent my brand. So <laughs> I can laugh about it now. We we had some really good laughs about it. And I love the brand designer that that did my mandala logo. She did what I asked her to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's but like, I think the clarity needs to come from yourself. And it is a process of discovery. It's funny, actually, because the the whole shift that I made from business branding into personal branding mm-hmm. is actually directly tied to my growth as a person where mm-hmm. I realized, oh, I actually want to develop a deeper, more intimate connection with the people that I'm serving. And my business brand is literally getting in the way where people, the way people interact with businesses is different from when they're face to face with you. It's so easy to be distant and detached and emotionally uninvolved. But when it comes to the person, and I am a very relatable, relational person, I prefer to have that connection. So when I realize, oh crap, I'm shooting myself in the foot by presenting myself one way when I really want to have that intimacy it I got really interested in what does it even mean to have a personal brand and there's a lot of hiccups that come up along the way where it isn't just about oh let's find a new color palette for you and slap your face all over everything it's much deeper than that it's about having an understanding of it's honestly a big question it sounds simple when I say it but it's actually really deep and the question is how do I want people to see me and it's really and how big. also how am I comfortable seeing other people seeing me? Because mm-hmm. my big shift happened because I realized limiting beliefs and I pi- finally put them behind me. Yeah. I was perceived as that strong person, as that one that's that's throwing the f bomb around. So publicly, other people saw it, yet I didn't feel it yet. So in that process of switching that, that's where where those limiting beliefs came down, where I actually started feeling my brand too. So it wasn't yeah. just about how people perceive the brand. It was also how I felt the brand and could own it. Yeah. And and that is huge. And that's a conversation I love having that honestly, not everybody's ready to have that conversation because a lot of people, they hire somebody to do their branding. They're just interested in looking good. But the more, more important thing specifically for personal brands is you have to feel comfortable because you can't show up in your fullest capacity. If you're feeling awkward or weird, if you haven't fully embraced every part of you, the good and the bad, you know, humans are kind of like coins. There are always two sides and then and when you just show one side of it people will always be left wondering 
oh, what's on the other side? Like, what are you trying to hide? And that and not showing that causes more distrust uh, with your audience than it is just being like, yeah, like this is who I am. And if you don't like it, you're perfectly welcome to walk away. I ain't going to chase you, right? Like, it's so important to understand intrinsically who you are and just embrace that because that's what people are buying. It's more energy to put up a face than it is and, anything else. And I think... First of all, not having to put on that mask and play somebody, that's definitely giving you a lot of energy back. But also being really clear on your brand and what you stand for, which is is another journey for me right now where I'm starting to publicly own my big goals that I have. And I'm like, I literally get goosebumps when I, when I explain all of those. It helps... It actually helps you be more efficient in your business because I don't have to ask a thousand questions. I know that people that can't stand people that drop the F-bomb and curse when they get passionate, they are not going to reach out to me because they watch, they watch one of my YouTube videos or see one of my posts or Instagram story. I don't need to read them out. You know how much time that saves me? Because they are not even going to come to me. And yeah. really, really impersonating this brand and really getting clear on your brand. Hell, mm -hmm. you know how much time that cuts down on discovery and on interviewing people you want to work with and trying to figure out if you actually want to work with them? Yeah. That's where exactly. your efficiency starts. Exactly. And I feel like a good way for me to describe it is like finding what flavor of ice cream you are. And everybody has vanilla. their preference. <laughs> You're not a vanilla person. I personally really like pistachio. It's like a weird flavor. And some people like it. Some people don't. But it, it's about discovering your flavor. And the people yeah. who like your flavor will naturally get attracted to you. The people who aren't stay far, far away. And like you said, it saves so much time and energy. And when you know exactly how you should be presenting yourself, it actually saves you so much time with decision making. Like you wouldn't believe when I talk to my clients, they spend so much time stressing over like this one post that they made and asking all of questions like, oh, like, are the colors right? Is the text aligned? Like, what about the CTA? Like, is like, did I post it at the right time? What about my hashtags? Like, there's so much anxiety and energy that goes into something that should feel easy. Like the purpose of figuring out your brand is to make expression as smooth and as seamless as possible. So you could just focus on doing the thing that you're meant to do, which is helping people, right? Like we want to always remember, it's not about the way you're presenting yourself, but it's about creating a safe space for the right people to find you. And, oh, and I think it's so easy to forget that. Yeah, we tend to end up just getting caught up in the nitty gritty. And it's it's our ego. As long as we catch it and, and get back around and get back to the things that actually matter. Now, question. You do brand coaching. You do the mindset coaching with it. How how do you work with clients right now that allow you to live the life you want? Are you one-on-one? -on -one? Are you group coaching? How do you work with clients? Great question. I find that as of right now, I really like working with people in a more intimate setting. I feel mm -hmm. like you always get the best conversations, especially when it comes to something as like tight 
as intimate as personal branding, I find that the conversations in a group setting are just diluted where people don't have the space to just really dig deep. So right now, I mostly just work one-on-one with my clients, and we always start with strategy. In the past, I was just almost like a freelancer. I would just have a conversation with people about what do you need for your brand, and then we would um, agree on something, and then I get down and dirty and just create things for people. So it was a very done-for-you service. But now I've basically switched gears to having more intentional conversations with people and incorporating the mindset and strategy component because it all starts there. When we jump straight into execution without a strategy, oh God, that's where all the mess happens. That's where you have things happen. Like you have a brand designed for you by a professional, like you work with a professional designer, but it was misaligned because you weren't clear on yourself what your brand was. So you weren't able to give the right instructions for the person who's executing. So whenever I work with people, the first thing we always start with is let's talk about the big picture of your brand. What do you want to communicate? What does that look like? What does that feel like? What do you need to get in front of the right people? Who are you serving? Like all of these questions, we spend like a good amount of time just getting clear on that. And then based on what the clarity is, then we can have a conversation about what pieces we need to get set up. So what social media platforms do you need to be on? What would your content strategy be based on that specific platform? Um, do you need a website or a landing page? Like there, there's a lot of follow-up technical questions that get answered when we just start with helping people get clear on what they want for themselves. So I work one-on-one with people, lead with strategy, and then we do execution at the tail end of it. I'm I'm sitting over here smirking because I'm I'm like, oh yeah, this is why I get along with her. It's listening to you why I connect so deeply with that is because it's exactly how I approach business efficiency and project management and literally setting up ClickUp. It's funny. I'm like, you probably experience similar thing where most of my clients come to me and they're like, I need ClickUp. Mm. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> it's, it's, it, I love ClickUp. Don't get me wrong. It will solve you, your problems. But what are your problems? Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you, what do you want? Question today. Why do you want to switch to ClickUp? Does your, does your Asana and your Slack work for you? No. Yeah. Why doesn't it? And it sounds like you are going through the same kind of process where it's like, okay, big picture, then drilling down. Where are the pain points? What are you struggling with? What do you, what are your goals? What do you want to accomplish? I yeah. always love my favorite question to ask is the whole just imagine, I might not look like it, but just imagine I'm your fairy godmother. If I pull <laughs> out my wand and I just swing my wand and I can make your dreams happen, what does that look like? Woohoo. Okay. All right. Talking to fairy godmother here, I would definitely say that like, I'll just talk about the future vision that I have for my business, because right now I like it small and intimate. And I really want to create a streamlined system where I want to still work one on one with people, but I want to make it more efficient so that it frees up my time to expand and create other things. Like I want to eventually one day create a course and I want to create a group program where I'm able to reach more people. Right now, I'm limited in my capacity and I, I'm starting to really feel it where I'm, I'm happy with the life style I live where I get to wake up whenever I want. For example, I don't have to wake up at 6am to go to a job that I don't like. And I'm happy with all of the lifestyle things. That being said, 
I feel like there's things that could be optimized where I would love to have more free time for myself. I would love to reach more people, but that just takes a lot of systems and processes that I need to test and layer and refine in order to get there. So I'm slowly building up that foundation right now. But if you were just to wave your wand, I'd be like, yeah, probably ideally I would work four hours a day. I would have time to go pursue my hobbies. I would be able to expand my impact and I wouldn't be limited in how many people I reach. And I might be living on some beach with my laptop. <laughs> Not right now, but ideally I would love that. And see, my lovely audience, this is why I ask the magic wand question, and it works for every single business. Because you with your brand can ask the same question. The focus would just be less process and, and project management based. It would be more brand based. If I could wave yeah. the magic wand, how would you feel about your business? What kind of clients would come in the door? It opens it up and it takes it away from what our clientele thinks they know to just, mm. just go dream. Now, yeah. with, with your business right now, what are some of the tools and processes you use right now to not have to get up at six or freaking clock in the morning? I feel like the funny thing is, is I use my brands to really shortcut a lot of the trust building process. Normally, you would spend a lot of time messaging, maybe coffee meetings, like it takes a lot of time to build trust. The, the yeah. brand that I've built right now, and using certain things such as using my stories on Instagram to communicate on mass to people instead of holding up a conversation with all 700 of my current followers. That's like an efficiency thing. But as far as like tools, go I I am absolutely in love with Calendly where it just makes booking so much easier because I talk to a lot of people and scheduling yeah. and coordinating times especially now with time zones is like a headache and a half so I <laughs> it doesn't it does not matter how often I check on different time zones and make sure I have the right time I know guys I know just go to my scheduler <laughs> set your time zone get it right and you're just on my calendar yeah so calendly is like a like a huge godsend especially the fact that if you have the paid version you can have different events you can have automations and reminders so there's a lot of room where you could really build out calendly is one another tool that i live and die by is this uh i don't think it's a very well-known software but it's called fantastical it's basically like a calendar um, management service where you plug in literally every single one of your calendars and task managers and everything syncs up to this one view. So I have all like three of my Google calendars, my iCloud calendar. I have my Todoist hooked up to this as well as my reminders from, uh, cause I have, uh, I, I have a Mac. So I use the reminders app. Mm -hmm. Everything literally just syncs up to this one view and I book all my appointments from there. Um, Calendly syncs up to that too. So everything is just really seamless and I can't go a day without checking it like I use this every single moment of every single day because there's let's face it being an entrepreneur is a lot and there's a lot of stuff on our schedule so that is something I would totally recommend it it is funny I'm laughing over here because my life happens in Google Calendar and I joke you not if it's not in the calendar it's not happening it's just not 
I had a friend reach out, a friend of mine reach out yesterday that's back in town. And he's like, hey, you want to meet for lunch? I'm like, yeah, no, lunch is not happening. I have, usually I have lunch open, but this week's just happens to be all lunch appointments. And I'm like, dude, you are shit out of luck. Sorry. <laughs> you could just be like, earlier. book, book my calendar. Here's a calendar, like schedule your, yourself in for a lunch, like maybe three weeks from now when I have space. I literally have a couple hidden appointments because I also batch my days, meaning mm -hmm. I try to have call days and I try to have work days kind of thing. I'm not going all crazy, but I do have certain days for certain things. So for my existing clients, I do actually have stuff that's not avail readily available on my public calendar where they can schedule on all of those days. So yeah, maybe I should just, hey, date with Evie. <laughs> Go schedule yourself on my calendar. I feel like as adults, this is how we conduct most of our relationships. It's like, just book yourself in. Like, I don't have, I can't drop everything just to hang out with you tonight. Like, life is really busy. So it's just about staying organized so you can show up fully. That's what I believe. I'm like, I calendar, I calendar religiously. That's, that's what I like to say to you. I live and die by my calendar, but it's because having this structure allows me to show up and be fully present for each engagement. Cause I'm mentally and I'm yep. mentally prepared. I'm an introvert, so I have to make sure I have enough recharge time before I have an engagement. So I make sure I'm just, you have 100% Rachel rather than 30% zombie Rachel. <laughs> Nobody wants or deserves that. Yeah, you mean like taking last Saturday off and not leaving the couch all day because I was peopling all week? Mm-hmm. I feel you. <laughs> I feel you on that one. I feel you yeah. on that one. I, I had a couple of things planned, but somehow I never get my ass off the couch. Felt good. It's though. your best friend. It's okay. It's still therapeutic. Couch time is the best time. Couch time and snuggle time with the puppies. Yes. Rachel, where can people find you? Ah, I love this question. I am mostly on Instagram, but I am on Facebook and LinkedIn as well. My handle is the same across all of these platforms. You are so one of can... those lucky ones too that got the handle everywhere. I was. Honestly, my name is so common. First name is Rachel. Last name is Lee. I had to add the uh, initials of my middle name to get something that works. But you can all find me at Rachel T.Y. Lee on Instagram, Facebook or LinkedIn. That being said, if you want me to reply quickly, <laughs> message me on Instagram. I'm not on the other platforms as much but it's just a personal preference. And I also have a podcast and a blog, which you can check out from my website as well. And I'll make sure that you have the links to that if you need to share it with your audience. Talk about Rachel being efficient. Yes, guys, you're going to find all of the links in the description, no matter where you are listening or watching. Simply just find the episode page and everything is going to be hyperlinked there. Rachel, thank you so much for joining me. I will be definitely making sure I am following you on Instagram. I should be, but you never know. I'll see you over on Instagram and I'll see and hear you guys all in the next episode. Bye, everybody. Take care.